Good day. My name is Melanie Kutsia. I'm a conveyancing partner at our STBB Cape Town branch and I will be covering the topic of foreign investment in South Africa and giving you a basic overview of the different types of elements that you must consider when you've bought or you're ready to sell. So quite often as conveyancing attorneys, especially in Cape Town, we deal with foreign funds which are paid into South Africa um, um, and people from abroad buying property in South Africa. We also often deal with South African expats who reside um, and work abroad, um, who own assets in, in South Africa and who've kept their bank accounts active and open. Often we find that when dealing with these clients, we do not really find that they've taken advice um, on the different elements and the consequences of bringing funds from abroad or keeping their bank accounts alive and active when they've left South Africa. So I will be giving you a summary of the different types of clients that we quite often see and the different elements um, on a basic level that these clients need to look out for. Firstly, um, we often deal with straight non-resident clients. These are clients who often decide to come to South Africa for a holiday um, and once they've arrived in South Africa, inevitably they fall in love with the country and they realize the good investment opportunities that are available and they then decide to invest here and, and more likely to invest in property. When we look at the non-residents um, and the non-resident clients, such as those, our holiday makers, it's important for these clients to understand that as long as all the funds which they are utilizing to purchase their investment property in South Africa emanates from a bank account abroad and the funds are transferred into South Africa electronically, that they retain the ability to repatriate the full capital investment plus interest, in other words, plus the growth on their investment when they decide to dispose of the asset or to realize the investment in future. Keeping a paper trail of the financial chain, financial payments, is incredibly important since an application for repatriation in future when the asset is disposed of is necessary and a paper application is brought to the Reserve Bank um, and uh, the Reserve Bank scrutinizes the proof documents in paper form before allowing this payment or repatriation back abroad. If some of the documents or paper receipts um, proving the inward um, um, transfer of the funds go missing or is misplaced, it becomes quite difficult to convince the Reserve Bank um, that the funds were paid into South Africa legitimately. Similarly to SARS, our South African Reserve Bank deems the funds to be dirty money unless there's proof that it was introduced correctly. And this proof needs to be in the format of a paper trail. So for straightforward non-residents who have no intention of moving to South Africa or there is no reason for them to apply for a visa, they need to be advised um, to keep the paper trail of all the payments out of their own country or their own account abroad and the receipts which are issued at the bank in South Africa receiving the funds. The second type of client that we often also deal with 
is the type of client who used to be a non-resident, perhaps a holiday maker who arrived in South Africa, and then decided perhaps to retire in South Africa, um, or to take up employment, or to start a business. For people to reside in South Africa, having been a non-resident before, um, for, for those clients or for those people, they need to apply to our Department of Home Affairs for a what is called a temporary residency visa. It's a permit which is usually endorsed or stuck into their foreign passport and will have a commencement date, which is the date on which it is issued, and an expiry date. Usually our Department of Home Affairs issues these temporary residency visas or temporary residency permits for no longer than three years. Um, and, and I find that as an attorney who specialises in advising these clients, that the reason for the Department of Home Affairs not issuing these visas for a longer period of time is that they wish to see how these clients conduct themselves, their banking, their tax, and whether they generally contribute to the society. After a temporary resident has been resident in South Africa for a minimum number of years, of five years, that temporary resident can then apply to the Department of Home Affairs for a permanent residency visa. So you cannot apply for a permanent residency visa initially as a non-resident. You have to be a temporary resident for at least five years. You do not need to convert that temporary residency visa into a permanent residency visa after five years. It depends on your, your intentions going forward and in your future. Many clients decide to convert their temporary residency visas into permanent residency visas because of the, the inconvenience of continuously having to attend at the Department of Home Affairs very efficient offices. Um, and it also takes very long for these temporary residency renewals to be issued. So to avoid all that inconvenience, many times we find that clients convert to permanent residency after five years without considering the consequences. A temporary residency visa, in its nature, implies that it will expire which means that all consequences which, is, which are attracted to the temporary nature of that permit will expire with it. These consequences are important to consider. If it, a person applies for temporary residency, the minute that visa is issued, our revenue officers, our SARS officers, deems our temporary resident to be resident in South Africa also for tax purposes. This is an element of temporary and permanent residency which many clients do not consider since these clients have income and investments abroad and they often pay tax on that, that income abroad. In our clients' minds, that then is sufficient, which often is not the case. So to get into a tussle with SARS as a result of not considering the consequences of a temporary or permanent residency visa could be very disconcerting and very upsetting if SARS then starts an investigation and that client is then obliged to start showing proof that they've submitted the tax returns here, there, everywhere. Often also these clients struggle 
to prove to SARS that they are not tax residents here despite them living here on a work permit or um, conducting a business. And um, it's important for these classes of clients to consider not only the consequences of the actual visa, which allows them to freely live in South Africa unrestrictedly for the period of time that that visa is valid for, but also the tax consequences, which is something that clients often don't think about. Permanent residence, on the other hand, and a permanent residency never expires. So it is important for clients, other than the tax consequences, which I've discussed um, very basically just now, it's important for permanent residents to understand the consequences of the permanent nature of that visa. If it is not the client's intention to reside in South Africa forever, permanently, it may not be the best decision to convert that temporary residency into a permanent residency. Permanent residency, again, is seen by our SARs and our revenue officers as an intention by the client to reside here and choose South Africa as their tax base, which might not be what the client intended from a tax perspective, perhaps any income abroad, and if SARS deems a client who has applied for and been issued a permanent residency visa as a tax resident, that client then is required to submit worldwide income in South Africa to be primarily taxed. This is something which very few clients know about. And when it becomes a problem is when that particular client invests in immovable property. In order for immovable property to be transferred to any class of buyer, whether it's a non-resident, a temporary resident, or a permanent resident, or a South African for that matter, something called a transfer duty receipt is issued and must be issued for every single sale of every single property in South Africa. That transfer duty receipt is lodged at the deeds office and we cannot lodge and transfer property without it. The reason that I'm highlighting the fact that we need a transfer duty receipt in every property transaction is because the transfer duty department at SARS is connected to the income tax section of SARS and the departments cross-reference clients who pay foreign funds into South Africa and their tax base choice through the process of property transactions. And as a result, many of our property transactions are affected when SARS picks up that the client is a permanent resident and has never submitted a tax return in South Africa, unbeknownst to the client. The client then becomes subject to an audit. Big problem. Then it's important for me to very basically just explain the type of clients that we deal with who were born in South Africa, who grew up in South Africa, but for various reasons at some other point decided to leave South Africa on a temporary basis to take up employment abroad. There are many youngsters in South Africa who are qualified in trades especially who find it difficult to make a living locally and who decide to take up employment and often lucrative employment offshore um, um, and abroad. Up until the 1st of March this year, our receiver of revenue has looked very basically at these expats who are employed or work abroad 
in terms of the number of days that they were present in South Africa in order to determine whether this foreign income that's earned by this particular expat is taxable in South Africa or not. Many of these expats have been paid and still continue to be paid their income for the offshore work um, activities in dollars or foreign currency offshore in a dollar or a foreign currency account on one of the islands or in an account abroad. And as a result, has often not declared that income to our local SARS and revenue officers. SARS believes that many of these expats do not actually reside permanently abroad. And other than their employment contract periods, three months, six months, the only other place that many of these expats return to is South Africa. SARS will therefore be looking at the number of days in and out of South Africa together with the domicile or the choice of residence other than the employment period and contract and where they are offshore for that period in order to determine whether the foreign income is taxable in South Africa or not. Many of our expat clients are up in arms um, in respect of this new dispensation. Um, because they are used to not being taxed in South Africa. Whether or not this is relative or whether or not this is correct or not um, is not something that we can comment on, other than the fact that most of these younger expats who earn um, huge amounts of income abroad actually bring the money to South Africa and spend the money in South Africa. So my personal feeling is that that money should be taxed in South Africa unless tax is paid on that money somewhere else. Um, so just to summarize the four main classes of clients um, in which we often see an exchange control element um, and a tax element um, in which the clients require advice. And if you're one of those clients, you may need to get advice before making certain decisions or non-residents who do not have any visa in their foreign passports um, and who invest in property in South Africa. The second class of client um, which needs to uh, look out for certain consequences and take advice is your temporary residents um, and those clients are identified with a visa issued by the Department of Home Affairs in their foreign passports and those visas normally have an expiry date, which is quite visible from the visa. Permanent residence, where the visa is actually titled permanent residency visa. Those clients also need to take advice on certain aspects. And then lastly, our South African expatriates who live and work abroad for short, intermittent periods of time, but who are paid their remuneration abroad and usually introduce their remuneration into South Africa. Those classes of clients most definitely need to take advice before they would fully understand the consequences of their status. Thanks for listening. For more information, please visit stbb.co.za.